Hi, I'm Yuval Brisker, and this is a jolt of Uvelocity. Good morning, Yuval, or good afternoon, Hi. I should say. Yeah, it's afternoon here. It's morning where you are. Good afternoon yeah. and good morning, Jay. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I I um. I want to tell the or have you restate what you were just talking about for the audience about how you're trying to uh, get away from technology, everything, everything electronic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> much to say, that's, that's a lot to say for a technology business person, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm doing a lot of things to try and, you know, be, be, be present and focus. I, I, I preach this all the time, but it's hard to practice. I, very aware of that it's not you know i don't judge people for that it's the biggest addiction ever known to man but i'm doing like i'm making some concerted like you know i mean it, it, it's breaking habit right so it's mm -hmm. super hard uh because we all have that ingrained in our daily habits at this point so deep so deep in our psyche that it's like I mean, I can't go to sleep without having go, go flipping through my Instagram or, you know, you know checking out the rare TikTok because I know I'm not a big TikTok user. <laughs> but but uh, but sometimes something draws me, draws me into TikTok or reading, you know, the Times or, you know, I don't know, whatever I'm doing. Ugh, it's brutal. And then before you know it, an hour has gone by and suddenly it's, you know, too late and you've lost that kind of momentum to go to sleep. So I bought an old-fashioned alarm clock. Tonight, I'm going to actually not, I'm actually putting my devices in the kitchen and I'm going to try wow. and, and pure and, separation, pure separation. And here, you know, I'm, I, I, when I get on like a video call, I, I close all my windows. I only have full screen, the person I'm talking to, person or persons I'm talking to. I shut off my, my, uh, you know, my laptop lid so I don't have access to the keyboard and I don't have a mobile keyboard with me. I only keep out a mouse if I need to do, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. Move move through the screen to the others. I don't know. I don't even need a mouse, to be honest, just to, at the end, to turn off the window. And then the last thing that I'm doing is I am taking my phone into the car and turning it down. So the, um, you know, the screen faces away from me. So I don't see if something coming, comes in. And I have driving on and it sends out a message. I'm driving, can't talk right now. And, you know, and I allow myself to touch the phone uh, because it's, you don't want to be crazy, crazy when there's a red light. Oh, wow. So, you can program it like that. No, no. I, oh, I oh, my, oh, that's my, an, my okay. brain, okay. <laughs> my brain, yeah. my body. I pick up the phone only at, when I'm actually at a stoplight and there's a red light. And I can, you know, do when I flip through something. Um, and that luckily I have a Tesla. So when the light turns green on a, you know, a Tesla basically, uh, you know, uh, sees when the light turns green. So it does, it gives you a little ping. Like, hey, light just turned green or the car in front of you just started moving. Uh, so you it actually enhances this notion of like, I can look at my phone when I'm at a stoplight. But I can't in any other circumstances, and 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 you know th that's my little attempt, you know, to 
cleanse a little. I can't, that's the only word I can use, you know, and break habits that have to do that. I think ultimately, you know, take you away from things out. I have to break my Netflix habit too. So I, I mean, all the digital distraction, it's still very powerful. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, succumb to it completely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it, it does, you know, it does damage your brain in some way. It has to, it has to. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, especially when you're trying to go to sleep, everything from staring at the screen to to taking to in information to scrolling TikTok, which is probably one of the most addicting things that you can do right now on a cell phone. So, uh, and and so I, I I'm, I'm you have to take you have to make you you have no choice but to un, unless I don't know again I'm not judging but I, I, my view is there's no choice but to take proactive almost aggressive action in order to bring yourself into the present world and uh you know and and uh, but it's a fight it's uh, i'm i'm a, the first you know uh person to admit that it's a very very difficult fight because you know the distraction the, the consumption of information nonsensical information most of it really um that's not adding anything to your life it's not adding quality De or definitely not at 9 30 at night yeah it's just a sort of distraction it's a digital you know way of it's digital bubble gum that basically we're so attracted to because it's easy digital the the scourge of digital distraction was actually the the title of the first episode that i right. joined you on the uh, jolt of you velocity right. and here we are and here we are again yeah uh, because you know, I think it's I think it's good to check in every few months to think about where you are on it, and and I keep trying. <laughs> well, I think, and I'm actually this time succeeding with the the you know this uh, this decision to like shut down my lid on my laptop and put full screen of whatever meeting I'm having um, while I'm zooming and not you know getting you know attracted to opening up another tab or you know that is working i can yeah. tell you i think everyone appreciates a little tip here and there and i think maybe uh some of the listeners will go to amazon and buy an old-fashioned alarm clock after hearing this i mean i bought a beautiful alarm clock you know it's aesthetic but yeah. it's old-fashioned old yeah you know? i mean but it's not know, built it's, into it's, your not phone. A, it's not even digital it's like you know a dial and it's oh, wow. like you know and it has an old-fashioned alarm that goes beep beep beep, beep you know um we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll see okay well I think um, the general topic right is about the the digitalia in our life and how it's do dominating more and more and more and more and more and more and more i mean it doesn't stop it's the, the, the evolution of, of digital the, the digital you know revolution is is not even close to uh i think it's still at its beginning right as much as that's hard to believe yeah, so that's actually brings us into kind of the topic of today's conversation, which which I wanted to hit on personally and get your opinion on a lot of things, which is um, kind of an update to our last conversation on AI. And believe it or not, that was at the end of February. Um, wow. Yeah. And so when you think about uh, the chain of events since then, I you know, we've seen not only Google launch Bard, but we've seen you know, countless other applications start to come around and you actually see a lot on Instagram and TikTok about people using it in crazy ways. 
Um, actually, you know, not, 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 not crazy out there, but just very efficient ways that you actually didn't even think that there was an application for. Um, Can you give some I, examples? Because I'm not flipping through all those Instagrams, as you understand. Yeah, yeah. So uh, helping it, helping it, or having it help you read a stock chart, try and forecast future movement, um, future price movement, obviously, you know, there's other tools that have been able to do that in the past, but there's something, there's something interesting about using generative AI for that. I've seen a lot of personal finance things comes to life too. Um, those are the quick grabs that I, that I come across in my, in my everyday well, you scrolling. did a whole analysis of, uh, of Starbucks annual yeah. report yeah. with, with, uh, with Bard, right? With Bard. And I think that that was a cool kind of evolution to me because I always thought of chat GPT as this, you know, really amazing tool, but for some reason I couldn't get it out of my head that it stopped being able, or sorry, the data set that it was trained on was only as recent as I think it was like September of 2021. So all of this new information that you kind of naturally want to um, prompt it on was almost unavailable. And so uh, when Bard came out, I I started started to try and test it quite a bit, and um, I personally am a fan of Bard. I know that I I think you are still uh, still a ChatGPT person, but um, I thought it was super cool, and 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 I'm I'm actually trying to to get myself into prompt engineering a little bit more because I think uh, it's best to be as close to your enemies as possible. I mean, if you call them enemies, I think the, the, uh, my impression of the two when I've been, you know, doing, I, 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 what I'm doing right now is I'm, 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 I'm prompting them both with the same exact prompt. Like if I want something done, I'll have Bard do it and I'll have GPT do it. And my sense is that GPT is much more comprehensive and provides much more, you know, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's stylistic almost. Um, and, and my sense is that G Bard is more like its owner, <laughs> very, you know, uh, minimalist and informational, uh, and tending towards the bulleted, unless you tell it otherwise, um, and, and really kind of to condense information and give you the, the information result as a, as a result of that condensed information. But Otherwise, I, I I see that, you know, to me, the GPT approach, which is more about, you know, and I use it mostly to either summarize things or, you know, or write, you know, things, you know, put drafts for me on things that I don't want to mm -hmm. write a draft yeah. for, you know, certain kinds of emails that you know, they, they feel to me like they're not exactly templated, but but I need something to just get me going and or. I'll have a conversation like yesterday. I had a conversation with our, you know, head of people about uh, and and uh, a um, uh, an essay intro that I write to our monthly newsletter. Mm. And what and what we did, and which I thought was, you know, which is was kind of one of the things that I thought was would be a good use of ChatGPT was have a discussion, have a have a you know a, a transcript of the discussion, not you know in, inside Google, and and basically you know put it to chat and take that conversation and, and put it into GPT and say, you know, write me an essay from this conversation. And as a starting point for 
you know, for the for the entry, right? It's not going to be the end point because I don't believe that. I think that the 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 voice that it, it manages to develop when you give it you give it you know material to write out, it, it's still very in my sense it's still very generic. And even if you tell it to change its voice or to re-emphasize or to you know or to build excitement or change you know it still comes out to me not i don't know a human voice it feels like a machine to me uh very sophisticated incredibly you know articulate amazingly you know uh i mean the speed and I'm, I, there's nothing but to marvel there right but would i use it as a final draft for anything that i'm writing me personally no way not yet. I don't see it there. I don't see it, you know, maybe once I'm able to train it on my own writings and voice so that it actually analyzes and I can upload all, everything I've ever written, you know, and it, it can adapt to my way of thinking in a way and, 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 and the way that I express myself. Until that point, I can only see it as, a, as, a, as almost like a researcher slash, you know, you know, first draft creator. That's how I see the writing. And, and then on the other side, the summarizing, right? You know, taking a piece of information from the web or from your own, whatever it is that you're uploading and giving you a 10 bullet summary that, or, or finding something like you did, you know, that you were looking for something, but you didn't want to read a hundred page, you know, annual report um, because you knew you were only looking for one, you know, yeah. one, one needle in that haystack. Um that's that's an incredibly good use of, of of it, right? Yeah, no, it was great, and, and I um, I that's kind of where I'm trying to push myself to use it a little bit more, rather than just prompt me to write the first draft of of something. Don't get me wrong, I really like having a a, a launch point, something that gets you maybe sixty percent of the way there. But like you, I would never feel comfortable just saying prompt, you know, write me this. Okay, copy paste go. I I don't think um. I hope no one's comfortable with that yet. I think some people are, you know, I, I think it's also going to become generational, right? There's people who are, you know, going into the sort of the intellectual sphere of their life, see that this is a tool to do work for them, you know, it's going to be like everything else. It's going to be an integral part of their life. They're not going to judge their own output by measures of the past. You know, it's like, you know, some people will say, oh, I only write longhand. <laughs> you know, I mean, I haven't written longhand any, anything of any, you know, <laughs> substance in God knows, you know, basically since I was in high school. Um, where I had to write longhand, you know, I was forced to write longhand, but, but otherwise I was already typing. So, I mean... Uh, I think writing the idea of writing longhand is, you know, completely obsolete. I mean, maybe if you're writing a thank you note, I don't know, even that, but, but, uh, or, or a condolence note or a congratulation note. I mean, you want something to be hyper personal, but otherwise who sits and write long, writes longhand? Today? I mean, <laughs> nobody, right? So, uh, I think that will be the same with, with AI and with GPT is, or whatever, G, whatever AI tool you're going to be using, you're going to, you're ultimately, there will be a generation that will not have any memory of writing something from scratch. Yeah. And it's fast. It's going to happen fast, five, 10 years. And that's it. 
Yeah, you know, I actually saw a really interesting thing the other day about how um, high school math scores were at an all-time low on tests. And what the person who wrote it, um, I forget where I saw the article, but they claimed that the, the, the students were having ChatGPT or BART or some sort of generative, generative AI do the homework for them. And when it came time to actually take the test, um, the, the, the knowledge yeah. level wasn't there. <laughs> Look, you cannot, we're in a transitional period. That's clear. Uh, I think, I think like any transitional period, a lot of times you have to go down to go up. So, I mean, I don't think you can discount the fact that people are going to use it to replace what is demanding intellectual, you know, activities um, with the notion that it's good enough, you know, and, and, and good enough is always, you know, you know, we used to say good enough is the greatest enemy of great. Yes. Good Took enough is the to, greatest, yeah. and you know, is the greatest, you know, enemy or challenge to great because, because people will settle for good enough, you know, and 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 when it's good enough, and I said good enough, I didn't say really, you know, just okay. It's good enough, meaning you, it it'll get by to a level that's acceptable. It's not brilliant, and it's not genius, and it's not great. It's good enough and good enough is the greatest you know enemy to great because you know most people will accept good enough as you know as an answer or as a you know product or result or whatever it is that's just because for most people things aren't that important you know not everything is important so in the things that are not specifically important to you so for example you're not a you're not into math you know you just want to get by mm -hmm. in high school. You just, you're, you're into writing <laughs> using ChatGPT <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as at least a, a first draft. But you know, you're into humanities. You're into something else. You know, you're into art. You're not into math. ChatGPT will get you there. Good mm -hmm. enough. Good you enough. know. Now, you have to make sure that that good enough carries into a test. That's where the difficulty is, because ultimately the biggest danger is is, is intellectual laziness. That's how or, I see it. Yeah, or or being um, uh, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Being reliant on this thing, being reliant on generative AI to 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 get you there. Not having whether it's writing, not having the ability to create original thoughts or losing your creativity or um, when it comes to math, not being able to do some, what you would hope to be like just s simple number crunching in your head. Basics. So I, 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 you know, going back to our February conversation, I think, you know, to me, I, I want to be pleasantly surprised, but you know, but technology is a very dangerous thing. And, you know, without some kind of supervision, I can see all the great things it can do, by the way. You know, people say it can solve the, the climate crisis. It can solve, you know, you know, 
uh, issues of, of nuclear, you know, uh, disarmament and negotiations, if you let it. It could potentially help, you know, cure cancer because the ability to kind of cross-reference and make, you know, connections and, and, and process huge amounts of information and data and thinking and, 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 and build something from it. All those things seem to me, you know, and then, of course, take out a lot of, I would say, menial uh, professional work. Um, you know, th those are all potential positives in terms of both the protection of life and on this planet and, and also the increase, you know, in productivity, which has been a constant throughout human history. Um and we'll continue, you know, in ways that we don't know, but obviously generative AI is, is, is a key, you know, inflection point in, you know, in turbocharging another uh, generation of increased productivity, uh, where that means also, as you and I discussed, you know, in the last time, that it's going to have a huge impact on the workplace, on the market, on, on, on the professional, particularly the professional, you know, marketplace where, you know, you know, legal marketplace. I mean, I mean, do you really need to have you know legal interns and 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 people in low levels doing you know doing analysis and research work and writing briefs when you can have an AI do that and, and it's not really you know that germane to the style and con of the of the content, but it's really more yeah. about you know, processing information. So, you know, I'm not sure, you know, it's the same with medical information. I mean, I think that all these are all, you know, I would say the mid to lower level professional uh, jobs definitely are going to be under duress, under stress, because, because a lot of them have to do with, you know, preparing and organizing and building the sort of the foundation for the you know more experienced intellectuals or professionals or, or artists or whoever it is that are politicians or lawyers or doctors or every kind of profession above that to actually do bring in their own personal investment and value with their that that they're you know that is analyzed by their brain and made you know some you know some intellectual let's call it jumps uh, leaps. Of, of, of understanding. So, you know, until it can actually make a leap of understanding, which everybody says is going to happen, you know, then, then it's going to be mostly aimed at, you know, I would say mid to lower level, I think, you know, professional positions. So yeah. There, there is going to be a workplace crisis and it's probably already happening. Um, and and I think that that's a huge uh, shift that we're going to have to adapt to. And a lot of people are going to find their chosen professions probably irrelevant, you know. Um, or they're, yeah, they're going to have to evolve the way that they think about what, you know, that their goal profession looks like. My concern is that if you're not starting at a lower level position, how can you grow to learn? Ah, you know, that's, yeah, that's your a really job. good point. And, and I, I think there, there are two trends that are, you know, really dangerous in terms of the long-term evolution of professions. And that is work from home, where 
there's, you know, obviously reduced interaction with experience and interactivity around collaboration and so on and so forth. Uh, at the same time as there's now tools to actually do the base work with AI tools that are emerging. And those two together are potentially catastrophic for building a pipeline of, of, of experienced professionals that, that, that have, you know, that can mentor and make decisions and do, you know, take initiatives that are, you know, that are, that are, you know, based in their, on their, on their growth, on their growth through the profession from day one. So yeah, that's an area that I think is going to be stressed. I don't have a negative or positive outlook on it. I can say that I can see the stress. I can already see the stress, you know, uh, and, and I think the, the, those two, the colliding of those two, you know, trends or two, uh, forces of like reduced structure in the workplace plus tools that don't demand you to challenge yourself intellectually in order to complete tasks or that replace the, the sort of tasks that are done at a lower level i mean that's that's a big shift yeah definitely definitely ominous you um, know people will say that uh of course, the industrial revolution and it's in 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 it's it's in and 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 in the initial stages of the digital revolution, we saw you know both mechanization and automation um, and digitization reduce a lot of blue collar jobs and uh, you know the uh, that is you know clearly um, something that you know we saw definitively. And then a shift in the workplace into more white collar service type jobs. Yeah. Um, even though manufacturing still exists, but it's a lot more efficient, more robotized, roboticized, um, and so on and so forth. So, I think we're going to see similar trends in the white collar space. And uh, good luck. <laughs> good well, luck okay. So, career. yeah. I, I know we don't have too much time left, but I do. I, I think that we can end this episode on a very positive note. Uh, I came across this article from Mark Andreessen on titled Why AI Will Save the World. And I wanted to highlight three or four examples that I, you know, we kind of touched on them earlier, but I think that they're um, very positive and grounding examples of how um, AI could be used to improve um, and will be used to improve. Uh, the world here soon. So first one is every child will have an AI tutor that is infin infinitely more patient, compassionate, and knowledgeable than what exists today. And I think the, the, the key thing there is patient. I have never been a tutor, but I remember having tutors growing up. It's probably, you know, it's, I bet patience is a, is a huge thing that either makes or breaks a good tutor. Um, so the next one, obviously every person will have an AI assistant, coach, mentor, trainer, advisor, therapist. Again, that is infinitely patient. Um, every scientist will have an AI assistant, collaborator, partner to uh, expand their scope of scientific research. Every leader, leader of people will have the same. Um, and I wanted to bring that up because I, I do genuinely think that those are good 
um, and positive outcomes that, uh, you know, I wanted to at least end the epi- try and end the episode on a positive here. And, and I see and, you uh, the word try because you're looking at my face and you know that I'm, I, I see a lot of darkness in it because yeah. the points you bring up, the points you brought up are there is, is, is pretty intrinsic, um, to human evolution. So I, I totally agree with you. I wanted to throw those out there to, to at least try and get a smile to a smile. On well, I mean, <laughs> uh, look, like I said at the beginning, I think there are definitely ways that, that we can see AI, uh, you know, solving big problems that the human community has had a lot of difficulty, you know, aggregating, thinking around uh, and making all the connections possible. So I'm not on that level. I'm not negative. Um, What I'm negative is, you know, as you called it at the very beginning, prompt engineering, you know, uh, every one of those, you know, examples that you gave is going to be only as good as the prompts that are engineered to, you know, to produce the kind of positive results that we would all hope that you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that the that that to me is where, you know, there is definitely uh, a question mark, you know, the, the how humans end up interacting with these machines, what, you know, it goes back to the very basic you know, uh, uh, questions around good and evil. This is not, you know, a, a current question. This is a question that's existed for, you know, millennia. That from the moment that, you know, that philosophers started thinking about, you know, human behavior, thinking, action, uh, intention, results, so on, and all the different things that drive us, meaning, um, those questions have been foundational to humankind. It's like, what are our basic drives? Are they positive? Are they negative? Are they constructive? Are they destructive? You know, uh, are we good? Are we not good? Is man good in its, in his, you know, basic instinct or this evil? I mean, you know, uh, is it all about survival and power and money or is it about, you know, community, friendship, growth, you know, collaboration, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, these are just the questions that have to do with ethics and with philosophy that are underlying all the different, you know, aspects of what's happening with AI. And I would say AI is different in any, in, in the evolution of productive tools in that its ability to use knowledge in a new way and the accumulated, you know, built up knowledge of mankind that's already been, you know, you know, from the moment that man started writing, uh, you know, that this was, you know, a thing that, you know, we gathered, you know, writing, information, thinking, uh, history, uh, uh, philosophy, art, you know, literature, and so on, poetry, all, and all the different things that have to do with documentation of our actions, uh, of our evolution as, as, as a, as a species, um, all that's up for grabs because they've never, we've never had a machine that could actually take all that knowledge and process it and come up with a new result. Whether that new result is a leap of new creation, that's the, that's going to be the pivotal moment. Um, but even, even let's say that this kind of idea of the thinking, feeling machine, um is a ways away we don't know how far 
Um, even in those cases, you know, back to the prompt engineering, I think, you know, we're talking, you know, the unknown around how people will actually operate around the prompt. <laughs> will the leader, the, the question the right, that will yeah. result in a response that will give a measured decision that is, you know, is, 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 is thoughtful and, you know, and, and sensitive to the existence of humankind, or will it give an answer that will, will be, you know, um, destructive to humanity? Because I have a whole theory around that, that, you know, there are potentially theory, you know, reasons for AI once it has makes the, it some, its own decisions. And, you know, we all, Everything that you read is, uh, you know, the moment that AI can program the next generation of AI without human intervention, that's the moment, right? That's the moment that you can potentially lose control. So I know you wanted to end on a good note. <laughs> the hey, only thing I can say on rational. a good note, but look, uh, you have to take it all in. It's not, you know, it, it, it is not our, it's thinkers, still human thinkers. You know, it's not about painting a rosy picture. It's about looking at things, yep. you know, you know, uh, honestly and frankly and critically, and uh, and then trying to figure out how to how to deal with it, how to work with it, how to think positive for sure. I'm a positive thinker, you know that. Of course. But 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 I cannot operate with blindfolds or you know with my head in the sand. I have to operate with the negatives the potential negatives to be able to, you know, you know, address them to, you know, to result in a positive outcome. Uh, the only way to do that is to basically analyze all the pitfalls and all the negative stuff that you, and that's true about our business. It's true about your yeah. life. It's about everything else. But if you have a basic positive outlook, which I do, you know, my view is if you want to end on a positive is that, doesn't matter what it came along so far in human evolution, we figured out how to survive and how to thrive. And the, the general, you know, general trajectory of humankind has been on the whole positive, you know, with a lot of, you know, moments of, 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 of you know, a lot of back steps and a lot of, uh, of, of missteps and a lot of downs as opposed, but, but the trend has always been up, you know, climate change aside, you know, but I also believe that we'll solve climate change because it's so critical that at the, at the end, the, the danger will be, is already so great that, and that's where AI can help us. But, but, uh, but I think that if you look at the history of, 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 man, of mankind, it's up. You know, it's always been an improvement. It's always been an increase in, in, in sort of the quality of life and the length of life. Uh, and, and I'm optimistic that we'll figure out how to work with AI, taking into account that there's a lot of potential dangers there. Thanks very much for listening to A Jolt of Uvelocity, my podcast that will be published every month on the last Wednesday of every month on all the platforms and looking forward to seeing you again as we explore all the different things that Jay has in store for us. Thanks to Jay Sailing and see you soon. For more information, visit us at uvelocity.com 
where you can find transcripts of these podcasts and other articles and thoughts that you might find useful. Uvelocity.com. That's Y-U-V-A-L-O-C-I-T-Y dot com. <laughs>